Well, I want to share Stop, Let Go, and Let God this morning from Ruth, the book of Ruth. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to do a little bit of reading this morning in Ruth chapter 1. And I've got a lot of um, different verses to share, so if you want to bear with me, that would be fantastic. So Ruth chapter 1, it says, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and she set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Awesome. So I'll just keep reading and sharing verses as I go. Here's a story where we have this family, husband, wife, and two sons, and they are living in Bethlehem. And they hear there's a famine there. Now, Bethlehem, the name means house of bread. And here's this family who are thinking, oh, we're going through a little bit of hardship. I'm going to go away from here to the land of Moab. And you know, from there, it just seemed to go downhill more and more. And you know, when we go away from the house of bread, when we go away, even when we're going through rough times, God wants us to stay in the house of bread. And so Naomi all of a sudden gets a wake-up call and she thinks, I need to get back to the house of bread. And so we have her two sons. And they, they not, not only does her husband pass away in Moab, but her two sons pass away as well. And you know what I thought was interesting? I'm used to reading from the King James, so it's Chilean in the King James, but I see it's Killian in the NIV. But Malon... And Chilean's name means sick and pining. I mean, can you get a load of this? Can you imagine parents calling your kids a name sick and pining? So can you think about it? Every time they were coming, it was like, sick, come here. Pining, come here. You know, as a mother, I'd be like, sick, I'm sick of this nonsense. Or pining, stop your whining, you know? It was like, parents... We need to choose good names for our children because they're wearing it for their life. You know, I had a friend, and her last name was Curtin. Do you know what her parents called her first name? Annette. (laughs) I know. And in Scotland, when I went to the doctor, I had a doctor, and I think I shared this before, and his last name was Donald. Sorry, his last name was Duck. And his parents called him Donald. And so as a doctor, whenever he received a call, 
he would say, hello, Dr. Donald Duck here. And the, the people in the staff, when they were new to the, the place or, or other people phoning, the doctor would say, oh, hello, and this is Minnie Mouse as well, you know. And he's like, Donald Duck, you know. It's like, choose a good name for our children. So these sons passed away, and Ruth is feeling destitute. Moab, the country they'd gone to, was a country that worshipped idols. They worshipped many gods, and they also sacrificed children. So this was a time of famine, and they'd gone away, and they'd gone away thinking that life was had in the house of bread, but it had got ten times worse for them when they went to Moab. You know, the world can't offer us anything. Moab is like the world. You can go there and you can think, oh, life is going to be good. It's going to be satisfying here. And you know, the gods, the things that the devil wants to bring to your attention, they might seem to satisfy a little bit, but they will leave you destitute. They leave you full of sorrow and they ultimately lead to death. They will never satisfy you, the things of this world. And Naomi thinks... I need to get back to the house of bread, to Bethlehem, where there is sustenance and provision. So she packs up with her two daughters-in-law, and she starts to head back to the house of bread. And while she's there, she stops on the road, and she says this in verse uh, 8, it is. She says to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. Go back in Moab to where you're from. And um, verse 15, she says this. Your sister-in-law, Orpah chose to go back. She says, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. So in other words, Naomi is saying, I can't help you anymore. Go back to your past. You get family members or friends who say, why do you go to church? What's it do for you? You know? But do you know what? Church is like the house of bread. It's like Bethlehem. It's where we come along, we get fed, we get encouraged, we get strengthened. Going back to your past will never, ever satisfy you. And Naomi had forgotten that the past wasn't where it was about. And thankfully, it was Ruth that said this. As she's coming back, she says, I, where you go... I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. Wasn't that awesome? They set off back together. You know, it was a little bit uncanny, um, I think, in, even in my life, how that my parents called me Ruth. And I have kind of a, a little bit similar. God said to me, leave your family, your people, your culture, leave it and go to New Zealand. And I came over here and you know what God does behind the scenes while I was in Scotland, I had no idea what God was going to do for blessing and good for me here in New Zealand. Just like I met then Paul and I married him and it's been such a blessed life. It's been awesome. <laughs> uh, so you know, Ruth thought that she, she had nothing. She had nothing really. She was left destitute. She had lack, but they were coming back to the house of Bethlehem, to the house of bread, where the abundance was. Isn't it good that God's provision is there for everyone? So when they get there, 
Ruth gets there and she says, oh, I need to go out and work. I need to work now. So she comes along, and this is what it says here. Um, she says to Naomi, can I go out and work in the fields? And God had provided a way for poor people in the Old Testament. In Leviticus, it says this in 23 and 22. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. So as the reapers went through, anything that fell to the ground, they could take for themselves. That was theirs. That's how God had provided. So Ruth um, went through the field and she started to glean. And it says here... um, I think it's verse 3 in chapter 2, is it? As it turns out, this is what it says in the King James, it says, and it happened. She found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. So he was actually a relative of, of Elimelech's, Ruth's husband that had passed away. And you know, it's, isn't it amazing how that God just happens to orchestrate behind the scenes things that we would never, ever dream about. You know, here's this Moabite woman, a woman who had come from a worldly past with all the traditions that it had. She comes to the house of bread. She wants to follow God, and he happens to put her in the right place at the right time. Of all the fields that she could have picked on, and there would have been hundreds for her to glean from, he leads her to one where there was going to be ultimate blessing. Isn't that fantastic? And that's what God can do for you. And so Ruth happens to fall on the, uh, to come upon the field of Boaz. And you know, Psalm 37 verse 23 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And in chapter um, 2, I think it is, um, and so she meets Boaz, and Boaz says, who's this woman? And he talks to his, his staff, his, his workers, and he says, who is this woman? And he says to his, his staff, even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her, but rather pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. Do you know, he was such a, a, a great guy because as an as a owner of this field, every day he'd come out and he'd greet his harvesters and he'd say, the Lord be with you. And they would reply back, the Lord bless you, they called back. Do you know that wherever you work in life, what are you giving out as you work there with your staff, with the people that you come into contact with in life? Are you speaking blessing over them? Because when you speak blessing over them, you're ultimately going to be blessed. You're going to have happy workers, happy people that will be happy to work around you. What are we giving out as we speak? And Boaz was a great man. And as we read further on, um, he says, don't embarrass her. And it says, Proverbs 19 and verse 17 says, he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Do you know that what you share out and what you give out, you're actually lending to God when it's to someone who's needy When you're giving out to people, you're actually giving to God. It's so good. You know, Paul and I were, um, we were joking the other day, and we said, um, he said, you know, Ruth, he said, you could go to the White House one day and talk to the president. 
And I started to laugh about it, and I went, oh, we better not joke about that, you know, because I said, we have this uncanny thing that when we joke about something, it seems to come true. Because I said, we joked about John Key coming, or we joked about um, members of parliament coming, and last year we had John Key come, and the other week I was having coffee with a, a friend who works in the council, and he was saying he does a lot of youth work, and he said, oh, it's really hard to get money out of the government to help with youth. And I said, oh, don't worry. I said, I know the finance minister. I'll put a good word in for you. Do you know what happened a week later? The finances minister, I think it was um, Bill English, phone, uh, his secretary phoned up, and he said, he's coming up to Northland and he wants to come and visit you. And I thought, that's hilarious. <laughs> what we speak out sometimes can come to pass. And so, I, you know, I just had, and it happened, that Ruth Whitehead sat down in the White House. She'd been invited for tea and scones with President Trump. And she told him about all the amazing things that are happening in the uttermost parts of the world. New Zealand, God is doing great things in the far north. Never underestimate what God can do. And Ruth, the Ruth of the Bible here, she came from Moab as this foreigner and she came with nothing and she comes into the house of bread and it was like, number one, this is the first point, she came to the house of bread. If you want to get blessing, come to the house of bread. That's where it's at. And then number two, she met the provider of bread because she met Boaz. And Boaz is actually a picture to us in the Bible of Jesus. And it says, in, um, he's, a, he's the kinsman redeemer. This is what it says. Um, where am I? Chapter 3 and 18. So what um, Naomi says, so, so Ruth, sorry, comes home and she says, I met this man today. And she says, the name of the man I worked with today is Boaz. And Naomi said, the Lord bless him. She said to Ruth, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and to the dead. She added, this man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Fantastic. And she says to Ruth, stop, sit still, and don't do anything until you know how the matter will turn out, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Because what she told Ruth to do was, we have a problem, but he's our kinsman redeemer. He can redeem us, he can help us, he can save us. And so what she was told to do was to go to Boaz and to lay at his feet. So here's Ruth, a young, poor, and childless widow, lying at the feet of Boaz, and it tells us that she does that, as her potential kinsman redeemer. And you know, he was a rich, close relative. Boaz had the power to redeem her from her plight. So Ruth was obeying her mother-in-law, and she goes and lies at the Boaz's feet. And in the Jewish custom of the day, this was the posture which said, please redeem me, for you are a close relative. Please help me. You are my close relative. You are my hope. And Boaz's response was, do not fear, I will do for you all that you request. And Boaz is a picture of Jesus who is our kinsman redeemer. 
Jesus is our kinsman who was born into this world to redeem us from a great price, from a great poverty that we had come upon ourselves through sin. And he shed his blood for us on the cross. And as your redeemer, not only is Jesus willing, but he also has the power to restore all that you have lost. Do you know Naomi had lost lots? And Ruth had lost her husband. She had lost everything. She'd given up her past and said, no, I'm going to follow your God, Naomi. And because of that, God was going to move with great blessing. You will find that he will redeem you. Your redeemer is strong. So you might think, oh, I blew it. I blew it in the past. I blew it. I've got so much debt. You have no idea. And my finances are dwindling. I'm in trouble. And I'm feeling destitute this morning. I can tell you that God, your redeemer, can bless you abundantly. When you come to Jesus as your kinsman redeemer and you lay your problems and your troubles before Jesus, he is the one that will fight for you. And so Ruth comes to Boaz and she lays everything out there and she just rests in him. And you know, it tells us in Ruth that when she went out to work herself each day, it said that she got one ephah of gleanings. Now that was the equivalent to um, 10 days supply. But when she came to Jesus and she rested in Jesus and she stopped and she rested there, it says that Boaz, before she left, he said, here, I want to bless you. And he gives us six ephahs of barley. You know how much that was? That was 60 days supply. When Ruth sought her own blessing, she obtained one ephah. But when she sought the blesser, Boaz, like we seek the blesser Jesus, she received much more. And the blessings didn't stop there because while Ruth rested and sat still, just like Naomi her, um, had instructed, and Boaz, who was the owner of the barley field, went out to work. He initiated things on her behalf. And she sat, sat still and rested. Do you know that we're in a busy time, busy life, busy period. There's so much going on. Christmas time, there's rush here, rush there. Jesus wants you to come to him and say, I am your redeemer. Bring everything, the little that you might think you have. Bring whatever you've got, and it might be nothing. Come with your problems, come with your troubles, just like we had those awesome testimonies from these young girls you know, hey, bring it all to Jesus, leave it with him, and let him give you far more than a 60-day supply. So not only did he be her redeemer, but eventually Boaz, the barley man himself, the owner, married Ruth. What a great story. He married Ruth. So she received bread forever. So you need to come to the house of bread, come to the bread of life, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Come to the bread of life. And then as you are there, he will provide bread forever. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You will never go hungry when you come to me. So if you're feeling hungry this morning, I've got a big feed for you. And it's at the feet of Jesus. You'll never, ever go hungry again. Like the Moab, like Ruth and Moab, they were hungry there. They were, there was something inside of her. She said, you know, 
I've had these gods all my life. They will never, ever meet my problems. Come to Jesus. Come to the heavenly Boaz, and he will provide for you. Bring your problems to the feet of Jesus, and let him multiply your, your um, blessings. Let him multiply. When we rest in the Lord, we let go and let God you know, just like in Genesis, when God worked, it says in the beginning, in the beginning, it says right in chapter one there, in the beginning, God, and it says he created, he created. But each day it said in the evening and the morning were the first day. And then he created again the second day. And it says the evening and the morning were the second day. Do you know that the evening is when we rest? And Jesus wants you to work out of rest, to never stress, to bring everything to him and stop stressing and rest in him. You know, if salvation, the greatest work, comes to us by resting in Jesus' finished work, how much more will all the other blessings? Isn't that fantastic? That is good news. Let go and let God and I want to share a story about a rock climber this morning. This rock climber, he just wanted to conquer the highest mountain that he could do. So he sets out by himself, and he starts to climb this mountain, and it takes a few days to do it, and he'd rest, and then he'd climb the next part and the next part. And it was getting dark, and there was clouds had come, and he couldn't have great visibility. was non-existent. And he was just feet from his destination at the top when he slipped and he fell a tremendous frightening spree down this mountain and all of his life flashed before his eyes when suddenly he felt the rope tighten around his waist and pull him hard to a stop and he's like oh wow he was suspended there in air with only the rope holding him as he collected himself from the adrenaline rush and from the shock of everything, he says, are you there, God? Are you there? And surprisingly, a deep voice boomed back and said, yes, what can I do for you? And the man replied, save me. And the voice said, do you think I can save you? And the man said, of course I believe you can. Then God said, cut the rope around your waist and let go. And the man said, is there anybody else up there? And you know, the next day, when the rescue men came, they found this man frozen, dead, suspended there. He only was two feet from the bottom. And if he had let go of his burden and the weight that was around him, he would have been fine but he never ever brought it to Jesus and trusted in him. I want to tell you this morning that God is trustworthy. Our Savior is dependable. The past will not help you out. It will only give you death and headaches and trouble and more trouble and more trouble. God wants you to let go of the weight that is around you and surrender and leave it with him. And as I bring it to a conclusion, I want to mention this. Right at the end of the book of Ruth, do you know Ruth had a child and its name was Obed. The baby was called Obed. So she, had, she married Boaz 
her Redeemer, and she had a child, and his name was Obed. And this is how the story finishes. It starts with doom and gloom and going away from the house of bread, but it finishes with something fantastic. And I love this because it starts in the last few verses before the book of Ruth ends. It starts to tell us about generations and a family line. And this is what it says. Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron. And these might mean nothing to you, but they mean something big to God, and it means something big to Ruth. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nation. Nation, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz. Boaz, the father of Obed. Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, who became, who was he? The greatest king of Israel that they ever knew. But I want to tell you something, because do you know who Boaz's father was? It says here, the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz. doesn't say this here, but do you know who Salmon, who, who um, Boaz's mother was? Boaz's mother was Rahab. Do you know who Rahab was? She had a big, dark, messy, messy past so messy you wouldn't believe what she was up to. She had been a prostitute and she lived on the wall in a house in Jericho. And when the children of Israel were coming, because God had said, you've got to take the land, the children of Israel, they came and they saw the two spies came to Jericho and they met Rahab. And Rahab said, I have heard about your God and I don't want Jericho. It's like Ruth, I don't want Moab anymore. I don't want Jericho. I want to follow your God. And she gave up her past and her life because she came to Jesus. And do you know that is so amazing that Ruth, um, through her marrying um, Salmon, she gave birth to Boaz, who married Ruth, who gave birth to Obed. And in came a mighty king, but not just a mighty king David because there was a mightier king than him because through this genealogy that God chose to bring in his precious son Jesus, the king of all, he was born through a messy, messy line of people. And you think that you have a bad past? Well, I can tell you God is extending his grace out to each and every one of you this morning. And it's all about grace. You can say, I have a past. God says, nothing I can't deal with. I want you to leave it at the feet of your heavenly kinsman redeemer. He can redeem you from all past. You might say, I was the biggest drug dealer in Kirikiri. Bring your drugs to Jesus. He can cope with it. And he will set you free this morning. He wants you like that, that rock climber to let go and let God. And you know, when you rest in the bread of life and you let go and you allow God to be in control of your life, you will see that in God, the name go is the first two letters. And that when you let go and you let God, you will go places. Ruth went places she'd never been before. I can tell each and every one of you here today that when you bring your past, when you let go of everything in your life that 
you have felt has never got you anywhere and leave it at Jesus' feet, you will let go and let God work in you. You will go places you have never been before. So just as we play this last song, I want to... um, I want to just pray a blessing, and if there's anyone during this last song, and for Paul or anyone, you can come and help me with prayer. God is working in our hearts this morning, and he just wants to say, let go. I have a great future for you. Do you know that Ruth never dreamed in a month of Sundays that while she was in Moab, she would give birth to future kings? she would give birth to such an amazing line of people and God has that for you today do you know that you are royalty God says you are kings and priests that you are queens princesses, daughters in a kingdom that belongs to a kingdom that is healthy that has sustenance that has provision, that has no lack, so as we sing this song this morning, I don't know what one you're going to do but just go for it team trust you to choose the right one and we're just gonna if anyone wants to have prayer this morning I would love to lead you in prayer and just whatever it is just lay it down lay it down say stop I'm gonna stop believing in a lie for so long because the enemy has tried to intimidate you and say oh this is gonna help you that's gonna help you and it doesn't I tell you freeing be free in God this morning let go and let God Thanks, team.